All right, y'all, we are, like I said, we're beginning Lent this week. This is our first of six weeks uh, in this, this series. Uh, if you're not familiar with Lent, um, it is a 40-day period of preparation in which we get ourselves ready for Holy Week, for Jesus' final days, for his death, and ultimately for his resurrection. Because, I mean, we, we know how this story ends, but we don't want to take it for granted. And so during uh, this season, Christians all over the world participate in acts of uh, prayer and fasting and self-examination. Altogether, the global church looks inward. And with that, we're starting this, this new series, uh, Who Do You Say That I Am? Uh, this series is based off of a conversation that Jesus has in, in the Gospels. He's talking with his disciples and this is what's said. This is Matthew 16, 13 through 15. It says, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say? It's a powerful question. It's a question we're going to come back to over and over and over again over these next few weeks. Who do we say Jesus is? Who is he to us? Is he a passionate, zealous leader like John the Baptist? Is he a prophetic voice like Elijah or Jeremiah? Or do we know that, that he was, that he is something much greater during this series, we're going to walk uh, through a number of things that we believe Jesus is. Our rock and our healer, our provider, our sustainer, our Lord and our Savior. Uh, tonight, we're beginning with Jesus, our rock. Uh, so, so with that, we're going to be looking at uh, one of the most famous images that Jesus shares in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, let's read. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Hear the words of Jesus. He said, Every, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. It's a great scripture, iconic scripture. Uh, Jesus says there are two kinds of people. There are those who build on sand and there are those who build on rock. And we get to decide which one we are. And so our first option is to be like the foolish man who builds on sand. Jesus is referring to um, a very real thing that would happen in the ancient Near East. Uh, there were people who would hastily build their homes during the dry season. The dry season was, was very long, but they would put together their houses and they would put it wherever they wanted because during the dry season you could build anywhere. But the problem for them was the dry season doesn't last forever. And so eventually the rains would come and those people who built in areas that seemed really desirable would discover 
that they had built in a floodplain or they had built on unsound soil. And so the rain would come, the dry season would be over, and, and it would wash away their homes completely, and they would be left with nothing. And so Jesus uses this image to get us to think about the things that we build on, the things that we build our lives on top of, which is why this season of Lent gives us a great opportunity to take a step back and examine whether we've founded ourselves on the right things. Because just like those ancient Palestinians who built during the dry season, there is a great danger for us in rushing through life and hastily building, only looking at the surface and not stopping to really evaluate things. So I was writing this sermon, uh, I couldn't help but think about, it, uh, about the time that, that Hannah and I were house hunting a couple of years ago. We really wanted to move closer to the church and we had some friends who told us that there was a house a few doors down from them in Grapevine that had been on the market for a while. And so we jumped at the opportunity to go see this house because we really wanted to be in Grapevine. We love the area and it was gonna cut our commute by like 40 or 45 minutes a day. And, and we figured, you know what, maybe since it's been on the market a while, we could actually potentially afford it because every house that we'd seen in Grapevine up to that point had, had been out of our budget. Well, anyway, we go and we, we schedule an appointment, we go see this house, and it was awesome. It was really small, but, uh, but it had all new paint, and it had cool modern fixtures and, and nice appliances. It looked like Chip and Joanna Gaines had got a hold of this thing. I mean, it looked great. Uh, it had one of those fancy clawfoot tubs, you know? Uh, it was really sharp looking, and so we go and see it, and I'm sold. Well, luckily for me, we weren't alone. Uh, we took Darla Barnes with us. If y'all don't know Darla, Darla is a longtime member of the church here at White Chapel. She also works with our student ministry, and she is a real estate agent as well. Uh, well, Darla goes with me and Hannah to see this house, and from the moment we stepped inside, she was suspect. She said, Sam, I wanna prepare you. There's probably a reason that this house hasn't sold? And I was like, yeah, 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 okay. And, and so we're walking through the house with her and she keeps pointing things out. She's like, Sam, do you feel the floors, how they're not even? And I was like, yeah, yeah that's fine. She said, Sam, do you see those cracks coming from the ceiling? And I was like, those don't bother me. And she was like, do you smell that? It's mildew. And I was like, I don't smell it. It looked amazing. I had found the house that we were gonna move in. Uh, this was our future home, I was certain. Sure, the floors were a little slanted, but I figured I'd just walk a little differently, you know? Maybe walk with a little bit of a limp. I'd get used to that. And it did smell kind of awful, but I figured that we would just become big candle people, you know? Uh, <laughs> I just did not wanna see the truth. Well, Darla was determined and she goes off and she does some more digging and she came across uh, a recent foundation inspection. It, uh, there was this extensive structural engineer report that she found. Well, it turns out this, this house truly was the epitome of the phrase lipstick on a pig, uh, which I, I've discovered that is not a phrase everybody knows, but it's one I grew up with. Uh, like I said, the owners, uh, a year before we went and looked at it, had a structural engineer come look at this house and we got to read the recommendation and 
that engineer said that, that the owner should completely demolish the house. His recommendation was to start completely over because he said it was just a tick above getting condemned. Uh, but instead of doing that, the owners decided, we'll just renovate. Uh, and maybe uh, some naive young Methodist pastor will come by and, and fall in love with the white paint and the clawfoot tub, and he'll buy it without thinking about it. Uh, see, that house had a terrible foundation. It was beautiful, and it was in a great location. But at its base, at its most fundamental part, it was garbage. It was broken. It truly couldn't support us, and I almost fell for it. And don't we all? We all have proverbial houses that we're tempted to buy. We all have broken foundations we almost build on. Things that look really great but just don't last. It's things like our careers and our money. It's things like our social standing or, or the clout we have on social media. All of those things look really nice and we're tempted to buy, to make them home because so many other people do. And so maybe we should too. We're tempted to build our foundation on them. But here's the problem. When the storms of life come, and they will come, those things blow away. When the hard seasons of life come, when things get real, we can't trust that we can lean on our career. And we can't run and cry with our money. We can't trust that, that, that our reputation or the amount of engagement we get on social media will carry us through. All of those things are fleeting. All of those things are lipstick on a pig. They're sand. And that's why Lent is such a powerful opportunity, opportunity for us if we will take it. Lent is like a spiritual foundation inspection. It's a little cheesy, but it's true. We get a chance to look at the base and to see what shape it's in. What is it made of? How's it doing? And during Lent, if we discover that it's not in the best shape, that the floors are uneven and it's kind of mildewy, we have a chance to go buy a better house, one with a better foundation. Because I think everybody in here, you know that I would have been crazy to buy that house. I would have put uh, so much money, it would have been a money pit. It would have left me in, in, in a terrible spot. So the question is, if we wouldn't buy a house with an inferior foundation, why would we live a life with one? Why would we build on sand when we could build on rock? Jesus says that those who act on his word are like those who build on rock. The house may sway in the wind, but it will not fall. It'll last. And so he urges us to not build hastily, but to be thoughtful in the things that we build our lives upon. Because eventually the storm will come. The great architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, was, uh, was given a challenge. 
He's given the challenge of building the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. Tokyo is one of the most earthquake prone cities in the world and so building an expensive, massive hotel structure like this was incredibly risky. You could pour a ton of money into it only for it to collapse on you when the earthquake came. Well, Frank Wright took the job and he got to work planning out the foundation and eventually he came up with an idea. He decided to build a, a solid steel foundation that floated on top of, of 60 feet of mud underneath the hotel. He spent months planning this and designing this, but he believed that that, that, that would uh, absorb the shock and also be a firm support for the hotel. And you know what? He was right. That went on to be proven just two years after it was built. Because the Imperial Hotel was one of the only buildings that survived the Great Kanto earthquake of 1923. Uh, it was one of the worst earthquakes in the history of Japan. Uh, most of the buildings around it were left completely demolished. I mean, piles of rubble. But the Imperial Hotel was fine. It stood strong. See, Frank Lloyd Wright this man who had mastered the construction of foundations, he built the Imperial Hotel in preparation for the storm. He built it knowing that one day an earthquake would come. That was going to happen. And it's exactly what Jesus is reminding us to do in our scripture. He's calling us to be prepared, to be thoughtful about what we build our lives on so that when storms and earthquakes do come, we'll be able to weather them. See, really what Jesus is doing in our scripture is, is caring for us. He's warning us out of love, protecting us from our own tendency to choose the wrong things. Because Jesus knew for all of us, the storm, the earthquake, it's inevitable. And remember who he's talking to here, the disciples. He knows what's gonna happen he knows that he's going to die. And so he's trying to prepare them so that they don't do things like, you know, betray him or deny him three times. So many people in this world build their lives on the sands of status and, and money and power. But those things just cannot stabilize us forever. If we put everything into those baskets, if everything that we do and everything that we are is founded there, we will eventually watch it crumble. But the good news is that we have another option. Jesus tells us that we can root ourselves in the good stuff, the meaningful stuff that gives, gives life purpose, friendship, and family, and kindness, and love, and most importantly, him. We can root ourselves in Jesus. We can choose to build on rock. And that's the great challenge of Lent. The challenge of Lent is, is to be honest with ourselves and ask, what are we built on? Is it sand, or is it rock? Look, I would love to stand up here and tell you that that my foundation is, is rock solid at all times, but that's just not true. If I'm honest, I build little houses on the sand all the time. I get sucked into my career trajectory. 
I get engrossed with what people think about me. I place my self-worth in, in, in others' perception. I wonder, do they like me? Are they impressed by me? And then I find myself tempted to live my life based on that. But you know what, it's all sand. It'll run straight through our fingers. Look, if we're honest tonight, all of us have those places in our lives where we've chosen to build on sand. Which is why my big encouragement for all of us is to lean into Lent. To spend these 40 days looking inward, really self-examining, determining where we need some foundation repair. Because when we do that, when we build on rock, we will find something lasting. Uh, I love the story of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. If you thought I could only get in two stories about a foundation, you were wrong. <laughs> uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was never meant to be the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It was just supposed to be the Tower of Pisa. But after it was built in 1173, the ground beneath one of the sides obviously began to sink. And thus, it leans. Uh, 2023 marks 850 years that this thing has been built. And for 850 years, it has been slowly, it, well, 800 and let's say 30, it had been tipping one way. Well, finally, architects began to get really worried. They predicted that this tower was going to fall completely at some point. And so there were two attempts in 1838 and 1934 to stabilize the tower, but both of those attempts were done really hastily, and not only did they fail to steady it, they actually made the lean significantly worse. And so it wasn't until the, the 1990s that a team was put together to finally do something to ensure that this famous landmark wouldn't fall like so many other landmarks have. But here's the thing, it was a huge project. It took dozens of people, it took 30 million euros, and it lasted over 10 years. Uh, the team had to contact worldwide experts structural engineers and architects, and they had to use cutting edge technology for their time, and they had to sort through plan after plan after plan until they finally found one that would work. Uh, but it did work. By 2001, they had done it. Before their intervention, uh, it was predicted that the Tower of Pisa would fall sometime around the year 2007. Now, they believe that it will stand indefinitely, or at very least, the engineers who did it said that they're not gonna have to reevaluate it for at least 200 years. And you know what the best part is? The best part is, is that they found that since they did this, the tower has actually begun to tip back the other way. It is slowly correcting itself, which means that one day tourists won't be able to do that, you know. <laughs> but, but I tell you that story because it really is representative of what can happen for all of us this Lent. If we need to, we can correct our foundations. If we use these 40 days, if we really take the time and the energy to evaluate our motivations and, and, and our priorities and our lives, then we can root ourselves in Jesus Christ the rock. And that rock will not move. But in order to do that, we have to be willing to recognize the places in our lives where the foundation is maybe crumbling a little bit, where it's built on sand. Maybe it's in our relationships. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in our marriage. 
Maybe it's with our children. Maybe it's in some of our friendships. Maybe it's in our spiritual life. Whatever it is, we have to do something about it. We have to intervene. And you know what? Just like the Tower of Pisa project, it may not be easy. It may take a lot of effort. And you know what? Building on rock, it's not as glamorous. We may have to live humbler lives. And our lives may not impress the world. We may not become wealthy and famous. But you know what? That foundation will last. And that's the really good news of this scripture. That when we choose Jesus, he'll last. He won't leave us. He won't abandon us. He will strengthen us and give us something to hold on to forever, period. Something that will never fail. I find tremendous peace in that. I really do. I find massive comfort in knowing that God has given me something to cling to always. Something that will never crumble, rain or shine. In just a minute, we're going to sing our final song for tonight called Firm Foundation. Uh, we've sung it in here before, uh, but, but this is what it says. I'm not gonna sing it for you, don't worry. Uh, it says, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? He won't. I think that puts it perfectly. And so as we close up tonight, as we worship together, I really hope that we'll take this as an opportunity to jump full steam ahead into Lent that we won't just sing these words, but that we will really mean these words. I hope that as we sing, we will all together choose to build on the rock. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, help us. Help us in our discernment. Help us in our self-evaluation, to see those places that we need to work on this Lent. God, help us to find spiritual disciplines, things that will connect us to you. God, I pray that, that you would encourage us. If we're feeling overwhelmed, if we're not sure where to start, during Lent. Give us that first little baby step. Jesus, we just want to follow you. We want to be your disciples. We don't want to be the disciples that deny or betray or, or run and hide. We want to be bold. We want to be excited. We want to prepare ourselves for Holy Week, for Resurrection Day. But God, we know there is work to be done before we get there. And so be with us. Encourage us and remind us that we always have you to stand on. We always have a foundation that is rock solid, that nothing can shake. And so for those of us who feel like we're in the storm, 
Help us to, to cling to you. And for those of us who feel like it's the dry season and things are great, help us to be ready. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We pray all this in the name of our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.